Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Let's go to the hotline and welcome to the show a legend from the World Wrestling Federation, a tag team champion. This is our friend, Brian Nobbs. Nobbs, how are you, buddy? Hey, Mike. How you doing, man? Oh, I don't like slow, oh, sad uh... knobs. Yeah, it's uh, this one's a tough one. He's a uh, uh, Iron Sheik's been a friend of mine now for over thirty years, and and he taught me in SAG, and and uh, you know he was really a mentor and and uh, a, a great great person. And people don't even know the half of it that uh, you know he was the real life uh, bodyguard for the Shah of Iran. Back in the yeah, day. yeah. So the legit, the legit part of it, the shoot on it is he was from Iran, and he was a bodyguard for the Shah of Iran, and he was a very capable human being uh, when it came to you know you know being protective and, and being was in Muslim. the Olympics in 1968 for Iran. Also, yeah. See, people think be, people think because you know some of it was a uh, a gimmick that he wasn't actually from there, but he was. Now, what? Now, in his later years, he became. Uh, very belligerent. He would yell at everybody and and get on the Twitter and go crazy. But was that part of the act, or was that just him being kind of like an old grumpy guy? No, that was him being just cheek. There was only one Iron Cheek, and he when he went off, he would go off uh, real real good. And uh, I know he had some good uh, sessions with Howard Stern there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so yes, he was quite the character. And uh, I mean, he really. Uh, uh, like for for the standard of, of me, he you know my coach was Brad Reagans, who brought us up in Vern Gagne's camp, and then Sheik uh, actually coached Brad back in the day uh, in the Olympics and everything because he helped out the Minnesota Wrestling Club uh, back in the day, and uh, so he would always say, "Nobs, I am the coach of your coach." <laughs> you know, and he'd slap his chest. And uh, when we were riding down the highway, like it'd be in North Dakota or somewhere really cold, and he was sitting in the back, and he always had his his uh, like uh, like a bag with him, and he had all the little bottles you used to get in the, on the on the you know first airplanes, class flights and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He had he had a whole bar set up. He always had everything. <laughs> a to the Z. That was chic. And me and Sag be freezing, and he tell us to pull. Uh, roll down all the windows and we'd be freezing and he'd be <laughs> slapping his chest and goes, oh, smell the fresh air. Does this not smell good to you, Bubba? Side Bubba, Nods Bubba, you know? So yeah, yeah. And we also roof, we also roomed with him too. So that was a, that was an adventure because that was you're almost 24 seven because you never knew when Sheep was going to get up and do his, uh, you know, like exercises and stuff. <laughs> One time four in the morning, he had the door open and, you know, whoever had to roll away, which was either me or Sag or closer to the door, it was freezing in these in these uh, some of these states we were in. And he'd be out there, and, and he'd have, like, a mini bar on top of the TV doing squats. <laughs> and drinking uh, while he's yeah, working out. Yeah, yeah, drinking. And, you know, you know, Sheik, he was always A to Z. That's what he said. Yeah. He always had everything A to Z. And then he had a special uh, brush in his bag for his mustache, you know. <laughs> then he would, uh, you know, 
uh, twist his mustache after he brushed it, and then he slapped his chest, and then he say, finish off with that. And then he go down to his stomach and go like that, you know? So uh, it's, That's was, so uh, funny. Really, uh, really, yeah, really a great guy. But when I went in uh, uh, one time, it was me and Dag and Kevin Sullivan. It was 4 or 4.30 in the morning. We got back to Atlanta, and he says, you come to my house, and my wife, Carol, and she was from Minnesota. Uh, she, he met her up there when he went to the AWA for Vern. And he woke his wife up and we were so, in, like, we were embarrassed. You don't have to do this. She can, no, no. And she woke up and make us, made us like a seven-course breakfast. <laughs> and then he actually told the story about, uh, and pictures on the wall of him being the bodyguard, uh, you know, for the Shaw. And, uh, you know, and then he told me that the why he left was his, his wrestling partner who was, was a, a gold medalist, I think, or, or, or a medalist in the Olympics for Iran, Tacni. Uh, the, the people started liking him over the Shaw. Oh. And uh, he was getting, yes, he was getting uh, more popular than the Shaw. And then one time they brought uh, a Cosgro, his name was Viserio, and they, they brought him in this, this desolate, designated area and uh there was his uh his wrestling buddy uh dead they killed him and he oh. was in the, in the hole there and he said this is the last time he looked at him and after that that she uh he he got out of iran after that wow you know? and then, yeah yeah you don't yeah. want to be too popular and you don't want to be bigger than the than the shock right. that'll be the end of you right so now, then, then i seen a picture so then it, you see these pictures of him in iran and how serious he was then one or two years later, you see pictures of him in the WWF, and you know he's stoned, and he had a <laughs> smile on his face, and you couldn't have seen a happier person in his life than the, the switch from being in, living in Iran and then coming to the United States of America, you know? Oh, so sure, in that time, too, there. in the in the yeah. 80s. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yes. That's crazy. So, We're talking to Brian Nobbs, uh, our friend. Who is a wrestling legend, but also was friends with the uh, the Iron Sheik with a long time for a long time who passed away. Now, uh, did did he really? It's hard to tell with Sheik because he lived the gimmick all the time. Did he really hate Hulk Hogan, or did he? Was that all just part of? Because even in his later years, he was really pretty abusive no. towards Hogan. No, he 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 was playing the gimmick. He always yeah. he always loved he always loved Hulk. Yeah, and and believe it or not, nobody knows it, but. Uh, when Hulk beat him for the championship, uh, Vern Gagne called uh, Iron Sheik up and offered him $200,000 to break Hogan's leg in the ring and come back to the AWA. Yeah, I did. I did hear that. That's crazy. Could he do that? Yeah, was it, he that Was he that strong in real life where he could he could turn oh, and yeah. shoot on Hogan and break his leg? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he was a, he was a Greco-Roman wrestler and very strong and, and tough. And, you know, I got. That's the training camp we went through when last time I was at in your studio and I talked to you about it and yeah. and uh, there, yeah, that was no joke you know them guys were you know knew what they were doing just like Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar they know how to break your ankle like that you know, right, you know right, right. just like Hero Mansuda in, in Florida when uh, Hero was uh, uh, Eddie Graham's uh, teacher you know right. he was there to break legs and and you know they didn't want the the students to go through to the other side so. They had the the guys that could really you know put you down and injure you seriously you know Jeez. and he was one of them. That's a tough. Yeah, that's so. a tough business. But Spanish, you think about leaving? We're going to break your leg right here in the studio. I don't like it. Um, who <laughs> uh, knobs? Who are some of the other? Like I'm surprised by 
If you had asked me, I thought Brock Lesnar was the toughest guy in the world. And when you find out Jer- Jericho locked him up, and Jericho also bitched out Bill Goldberg, uh, I would never have guessed Jericho would have been one of the toughest shoot guys in the whole locker room. But who are some of the other? Like, I heard people tell me Haku was a real badass. Haku was, uh, yeah, he was really bad, badass. And put it this way, any of the Samoans. Yeah. You know, you don't, you met the barbarian, another one. I mean, you know, you don't mess with the barbarian either. Or back in the day, Jimmy Superfly Snooker was one of the, the really, uh, yeah, he was one of the craziest, crazier than crazy. And, uh, me inside, you know, got mentored by him back in 1986. And, and he was very intense. He was, yeah. and he would go off on these speeches. He would look at you and say, but, uh, you know that the world is round. And uh, we didn't even know what he was saying, but we were just agreeing. <laughs> we, we didn't want to get our, our uh, you know, our butts kicked. But, uh, yeah, uh, it, uh, very, it, back in the day, it was very, uh, you know, crazy back then. Rick Brood, another tough guy. Hawk, oh, yeah. Road Warriors, another tough guy. You know, so there, there's a lot of really, you know, in the professional wrestling business, yes, there are a lot of uh, really badasses. And believe it or not, Sags is one too. <laughs> yeah, I, I do believe it. Sags is crazy. So, so yeah. Brian, uh, uh, Brian Nobbs, um, you remember, of course, our great friend uh, Brian Adams, who yes. was yeah. his one of his greatest stories ever. Him and Undertaker were telling me one time, you know, not uh, Adams did a great impression of Jimmy Snuka, and he yeah. would him and Undertaker would be driving from city to city, and they would try to prank Vince all the time. And they would call up and try to get Vince to answer the phone at his house. And if he did, right. Brian Adams was ready to be like, hey, "Vince is Jimmy." And he would, and he said it would always be a, um, you know, a cleaning lady or something. So so Vince never got on the phone. He goes, and then one time we got his voicemail, and Brian left them a message. They were about to play Madison Square Garden, and he's like, uh, "Vince is Jimmy." I think I'm going to make my return tonight. And he goes, don't make an announcement. I'll just come running in the ring in the middle of the match. And he said, Vince had security on high alert to look for, to look for Jimmy Snuka if he was on the property. The, the ribbon that you guys must have done is must have been so much fun. And to hang out with a guy like I, Iron Sheik yelling on Howard Stern show is one of the most funniest, one of the funniest things ever. And having grown up watching him and feared him as when you were a kid, to see him be crazy like that is so much fun. After after uh, SummerSlam, I had my dad and brother up there because they I brought him up and went to Allentown. Brought my dad and brother up with my wife Tony, and uh, <laughs> we went out afterwards and we went to the China Club and everybody was there. Eddie Murphy, Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke almost got Mickey Rourke sat in with us and he was saying a wrestler could take a boxer and I was getting all going. You know, on his case, like, oh, you want to do something right now? And then all the boys were down and down. If he would have did anything, he would have been right. work with and torn him and torn apart. But then I was over, my dad and my brother were right over there with Cheek, and they were taking care of him. And Cheek's drinking and smoking cigarettes and drinking and smoking cigarettes, and he's getting it off of my dad. My dad's buying him drinks and giving him cigarettes. So I went over <laughs> to my Cheek. I said, Cheek. This ain't a, a mark. This ain't a fan here. That that's fine. This is my dad. You're you, you're working. You stop working. My dad for free three drinks and cigarettes. You know. Hey, your dad might have been dad, into chic. You didn't know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, my dad did care. You know, chic was just having fun, and and he always remembered that. And and you know, uh, like I don't know how many years ago I called him. And then he goes, "Not, nah, but thank you for calling me. Nobody calls me no more." So I made a, a, a you know, 
a really uh, effort to call them almost every month. And I've been doing this for, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years or 15 years. And then this year, this, this year, this Christmas, he called me for the first time to wish me Merry, uh, you know, happy Merry Christmas and all that. And, and I, I was really taken back by it because I usually call him, you know, yeah. Yeah. And he would always call me Nobs Bubba and Sags Bubba, you know. So <laughs> we had we had so many uh, crazy times with him. It was it's just been it just was a blast that when I heard the news and then his brother in law called me, and uh, you know it's you know like I told it pro, pro, pro wrestling is a, a fraternity of brothers, and especially if you go back that long, we become part of a family, and some guys are just uh, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm friends with almost everybody. I don't know. There's some people, that, I guess, out there rest, on the wrestling side of the business don't doesn't like this, but there's not too many. And especially just, all the just Ric Flair. The greats, they, uh, they uh, you know, actually, uh, Rick uh, just called me the other day. I mean, but between Rick and Hulk and Bret Hart and Stone Cold and Goldberg and, you know, Iron Sheik and just the, just the guys that, uh, you know, we – you know, they mentored us up when we were young. Uh, we were always had a close bond with all them guys, and they're they're all legends and and uh, and hall of famers in this business, and and it's kind of crazy. And uh, and me and Cyber right in the mix because them guys brought us all up. I mean, well, you know, Adrian I, Adonis, uh, Bob Orton Jr. I, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, and them guys were all wacky. I mean, could be around Piper for a while. I mean, oh, that, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, there, there was not, not, not too many people crazier than Iron Sheik and Roddy Piper, I'll tell you that. I bet, so boy, that must have been, the mix. That must have been oh some environment. God. But you guys must have went through a lot of cocaine in those days. <laughs> okay, fade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking to Brian now. Brian, on a serious note, I'm sorry for your loss. I know he meant a lot to you, and he, as a fan of wrestling, he was definitely one of the greatest ever. Um, now, uh, on, a, on a serious note, we need to talk about something you and I as friends. I did get a significant amount of points for the Sheik and the Death Pool yesterday, and I still have you on the list. Should I take you off the list, or do you feel like you may not make it through the end of the year? You better take me off the list, or I'm going to come in there and kick your fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep him. He's still volatile. I'm going to keep him on the list. Uh, seriously, sorry for your loss, and I appreciate the good stories today, and a guy like the Iron Sheik will live on forever. Yeah, and the people, he will be dearly missed in the, in the, uh, in the wrestling business for sure, and uh, just... Uh, he was just a good guy and a, and, a, and a great family man, and he's been through tragedies himself. I don't know if you ever if you really looked into it, but his daughter, his younger yeah. daughter, broke up with her boyfriend, and 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 her boyfriend came back and sh and shot her. Killed her, you know. Yeah, and then you know, how do you do that? And you call your friend, and and you know, that, that's just an awful situation. I had to do that twice. And uh, you know, once with yeah. with Cosgro, and then and once with Rick. And uh, oh, that's, yeah, right. that's one yeah. of the hardest things to ever, ever do that, you know, you know, try to confront your friend after something like that. So, sure. uh, you know, like I said, it's a big family and uh, this one, this one hurt a lot. Uh, I mean, they all hurt, but some, you know, some hurt more than others that you know, that's what kind of bond you have with some of these guys that they're, they're, they're like family to you. They are, they are like brothers, you know, oh, of so, course. Hey, you know, hey so, side note, you and Tony are still yeah. married, correct? Yep, going on How? thirty years. That's just Jan uh, January twenty uh, first. Uh, wow, twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. We're going to be thirty years or twenty nine right now. 
I fear her way more than SAG. She is one. She is <laughs> yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah, now, exactly. how come you never had kids? What do you got? You got weak sperm? No, I don't. Uh, you know what? Uh, back in the day, we were on the road all the time. And That's true. she said she didn't want to bring, uh, you know, a young one in while I'm on the road all the time. And I wasn't going to be home. And, and, you know, that lasted for, you know, when I was on the road for seven, eight years, we were on the road 300. 25 days a year so yeah uh, that was one of the reasons and then we got older and then you know we just never did you know we look back on it now and wish we we might have should have had you know kids but uh you know when you're younger and you don't think of that you know and then time flies by before you know it man uh, you know that's one thing in life life is so short you never know you can blink your eye and look at i just turned 60 yeah. uh, may 6th so and that's you know honestly tell you the truth uh, Mike, uh, I didn't think I would make it to 60. Are you crazy? None of us did. I, I picked you on the death pool every year, and you're outlasting <laughs> yeah. everybody. Well, well, that's that's what uh, Jim Haxall, Haxall says to me all the time. I lost a lot of money with you. and he still says that he says i i don't even i don't even bet on you no more (laughs) yeah so hey uh, if you guys ain't going nowhere if you and you ain't going nowhere if you and tony won spanish as a child you could take hey still (laughs) you could still hold him like a baby you'll be fine i love it you know what? I would like to take Spanish. Spanish is a good guy. He's, Thank you. He's, he's been with me. I, I known him since he's been with you guys from the start, and he's still with you. And I like to see how he's actually. Uh, you know, you're teaching him. You're yeah. like his teacher, believe it or not. That's you know what, what I told I mean? him yesterday. I remember when you were starting out back in the day. Yeah, me. Well, me and you known each other. That's he's right. my mentor. We known each other for thirty years. I will tell you, it was it was pretty interesting uh, to be such a wrestling fan as a kid. My my brother and I were, you know, we were up poor. We would just watch wrestling, and then we'd fight and beat each other up for hours. And when I moved here and would see knobs, and I'll tell you, the first time seeing Hogan was like seeing a cartoon character come to life. I mean, like, oh, my God, there he is. He's right here. And then, uh, you know, and then I'd go to the gym when I lived in town and country, and here I am, fatty on the treadmill, watching uh, Days of Our Lives, and I got Jericho in one corner, I got uh, Christian and Edge in the other, and I was like, this is the unbelievable. Every time I went to Publix, it was like a WrestleMania. So you never, grow, growing up in Staten Island, you never ran into a wrestler, you never saw anybody. So I'm happy that I've been uh, friends with you for so long and that you keep making me lose points in the death pool. You're a good guy, Nobs. <laughs> yeah, you keep on with that death pool. I'll be there. I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'll, I'll bring you, uh, that big snake in that uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, gym from Cool Zoo came. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure he brings a cobra this time. <laughs> he, can really, he can really threaten you. I got to tell know? you, we had a ball with those animals. That was really, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know me, I'm always doing something different. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing something with him this weekend up in Ocala, uh, you know, and they're having that, that spectacular Comic-Con. Yeah. And I'm going to be in, I'm gonna be in his uh, cool Zoom booth, you know, with him. And, uh, you know, uh, it should be pretty good. Because, you know, do, you so know, do you know how many points I'd get if you died because you got bit by a poisonous snake <laughs> in Florida? Guess no to the show. So that's one thing I told you. I was I'm never scared of snakes because that's how my dad got rid of uh, me. You know, when I was 18, he started putting. My dad was a got into herpetology. He started yeah. getting snakes, and before you know it, he was putting poison snakes in my room. I had a cobra <laughs> on one side and a rattlesnake <laughs> on the other. When you wake up and in the mornings, there's snakes inside of your bed. I said, and then then he started getting uh, poisonous spiders. And I said, Dad, 
if you wanted me to move out, all you had to do is ask. <laughs> See, I'm putting poisonous snakes in my room with poisonous spiders. Not spiders, so I, snakes don't bother me, but the spiders yeah. do. I don't like spiders. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, yeah. Thing is a dinner plate that could kill you. If it bit you, it would kill you in like five minutes. What do you even want something like that for? But that was my dad. And <laughs> from him and my uncle, I must have rubbed off to me because, yes, I'm definitely a crazy character. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you talking today and sharing stories about the Sheik. And uh, we hope to uh, you either got to come in there or we got to hang out one day soon. Oh, yes, most definitely. And thank you for having me on. And, 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 and thank you guys, all you guys. And I'm telling you, the Iron Sheik was, he was, he was one of the greatest, uh, wrestlers and, uh, you know, greatest, uh, heels there, there ever will be in this business. And, uh, I, I, I miss him already. And I, I, for just the last couple of years, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, just been talking on the phone. And then uh, we did go up to see him one year. And then when we went to see him, uh, his brother-in-law, I mean, his son-in-law had him out and uh, they were on on the road. They went, went somewhere, so they weren't at home. So we that would have been a, our chance to see him. We hadn't yeah. seen him in a while. so But we saw him at a couple of Comic-Cons uh, not too long ago when when uh, Jimmy was uh, going through that, uh, Snooker was going through that thing and, and he was in jail there for a short period of time. Yeah. Um, and uh, me and Sag and Tonga Kid we're going to go over and uh, we were at a, a New York City, uh, I guess it's called the main event, and we were signing autographs there. And then we, us three were going to go over and see Jimmy. And then uh, Sheik was there with Sergeant Slaughter. And then we, got, we all got over and hugged Sheik. And, and then we all took a picture together. And, you know, and he was, so how are you doing now, Papa? And, you know, and Sheik always had A to Z. And he always had his St. Pauli girls in the back. You know, <laughs> and then he had his, he had his little love. Uh, mini bar from the uh, from the airplane you know he had every everything you want you know Kahlua in the mornings he, had, he, he so just funny. had everything he was yeah he was joe he was you and i and sheik would have been best friends. i would have half half and i and sheik would have oh, been great yeah. together i like drinking in the morning oh, oh yeah, yeah. And when she went crazy, watch out you know oh, yeah. there was always something involved you know what mm, i mean so mm. yes but uh, like I said, uh, uh, good family, good brotherhood, just like you, you, you guys are, you know, over there at the Light Culture Show. All, all you guys have been together for so long, you know, and, and it, it becomes part of your family. And, uh, you know, you lose somebody like that. It's, you know, and more like a, you know, a father, father figure. And, 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 you know, I mean, and Jimmy Hart's like that to me also. I mean, he's 79 mm -hmm. now. He's the hardest working guy. He's always out there working. And, and he, you know, he always calls me make sure i'm okay he calls me all the time he calls me at least twice a week to see how i'm feeling and all that stuff so hey, I no, mean, uh, just want to make sure you're okay <laughs> <huh? You're good. laughs> you know what baby you know there's, there's mm -hmm. only one jimmy hart baby the greatest manager in the world <laughs> jimmy hart's a hustler man he's yeah. definitely a hustler yeah and, and when he told me the stories you got to remember now he was in with the gentries that had a number one hit yep. he was at that time in the 60s on sunset boulevard uh, going to Whiskey at Go-Go, going to, to, to them clubs with the Doors and the Yardbirds. And it's just mind-blowing. And you know, and he never drank or took a drug in his life. And yeah. then, then he went from there, and he met Elvis. He met Elvis at the door, and Elvis came down the steps uh, with his robe on. He was with uh, the, the one manager agent that was handling them guys, the gentries. And they stood there at the foyer of Elvis's place when he walked in. He came down with his, his, uh, you know, his nice, uh, uh you know, silk, uh, not silk, a uh, uh, velvet robe, and his glasses were on. And uh, and uh, 
their agent was bringing him from Dr. Nick, was bringing him his bag of pills. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. And he handed him over, and Jimmy yeah. asked, and Elvis asked Jimmy who he was, and well, I hope you, I hope you, hope you do a good, good kid, keep it on in there. Mm-hmm. You know, Elvis, you That's know, so doing funny. his thing. But, but I think that was that was great. And then uh, uh, Jimmy Hart said that's he met him twice, met him then, and the next time he met him is when. Uh, after uh, Elvis passed away, he was right there at the funeral, and he, he was at the coffin. You know when everybody took view the body and all that stuff. So, yeah. uh, pretty amazing life. And he went from there to pro wrestling. Jerry Lawler brought him into pro wrestling. That's the thing. He, ever since he's got, he had all those years with uh, with Lawler and Andy Kaufman. It was some good stuff. So. Yeah. All yeah, right, Nobs, we got to go. Thank you. It's great right, to talk man. to you. Hey, thank, thank you, guys. And thank Bye, you guys for honoring my good friend, the Iron Sheik. He'll he, he, be dearly missed by everybody. And thank you, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. We'll talk to you again when Sags goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, see you, brother. I'll see you, brother. <laughs> see you, brother. <laughs> I love Nobs. I really do. What a, <laughs> he's such a genuine, nice guy. I've never been mad at Nobs for anything. He's never disappointed us. He's never said no. He's a, he's really is a great guy. And he was very close with the Iron Sheik. So Man, that for him. that era of wrestling, those guys like when just those road stories, yeah. just crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. Yep, it's good. Uh, there was a lot of good people in those days. And when I moved here and I got to meet all of them and got to be friends with some of them, it was a big deal. I remember one time driving in my car with Jimmy Hart, driving him to a gig one day, and I was like, I cannot believe Jimmy Hart's in my car with me. <laughs> it's good. Now I wouldn't pee on if he was on fire, but I, it's just weird <laughs> to think about that at the time. It was amazing. Well, uh, the thing with Iron Sheik, Knobs uh, was saying about how he uh, wrestled in the Olympics and won a gold medal in the 68 Olympics. And then he was one of the uh, coaches for the USA team in 72 over in uh, uh, Munich. Yeah, the coach's where, coach. Where the whole, the, all that stuff happened yeah. over oh, there yeah, in Munich yeah. and stuff, which, you know, even though he was from Iran, I'm sure there was plenty of people who were like, oh, yeah. what's going on with this, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Rest in peace, uh, Iron Sheik, and thank you for the points. I will be oh. uh, forever grateful. Uh, congratulations to a bone winner that won $1,000. Oh, good. Who was Charles it? Barrett over in uh, Pinellas Park. So there you he go, got himself $1,000 on good the uh, bone bonus at 8 o'clock. Good for you. Appreciate you listening. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.